Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast. And before we jump into the show, I want to tell you all about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off of a $50 purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 purchase for all of your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans have the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. And now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks And welcome in to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. The only subscription that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Download the In We Go app today and use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am alongside my good friend, AJ Hafley. AJ, very, very cold today. Are you warm? You warming up? I actually just took my hoodie off because it was getting a little heated in here as more and more people show up. So. A little too warm. Yeah, just a little little, just a little just toasty. And, of course, I'm wearing what I wore to the gym today, so I'm cold. <laughs> like, I'm cooling off way too quickly. See, so the hoodie will go back on soon. What always sucks is, like, I left. I, you know, I started driving down here cold, so I turned the heat on. Traffic is absolutely insane. Yeah. So, you know, you're sitting there like, ah, oh, it's hot. Turn the heat off. Yeah. Cold air starts even. Oh, I'm cold. Yeah. Oh, I'm hot. So you gotta have it as like the like on low but maximum heat. So it's like See, a that's it's like I a have. fire burning in your car. Yes, it was, it was too Maybe much. crack the window a little bit too and try and get the two temperatures to fight. <laughs> like you want them to fight to the stalemate where you're comfortable. Yeah, not to the death. Yeah, you're Just, like you're like look, fight to my comfort. That's all it is. Fight till you're worn out and then I'm good. AJ, we are we are here, um, kind of unofficially at Blake Street Tavern. We just yeah, like it very down here much so much, yeah. That you know, you and I were talking last night, and we said, "Hey, we both like Blake Street. There's yeah. going to be an Avs game on. We have mobile podcast equipment. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it instead of just going home and sitting at home watching the game again. Right. You know, uh, and, Adrian's uh, in Sunrise tonight, and so <laughs> we're kind of just twiddling our thumbs like. While dad's away, you and I decide to come yeah, out. Yeah, right. We're going to go to the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was younger, <laughs> whenever my dad would go out of town on business, it would always be like, all right, where are we going to go to dinner tonight? Because dad's out of town, so we're all going to go. That's kind of what this feels like. My so- dad traveled a lot, too, when I was a kid. And it became a big deal when we moved to Texas. 
Um, it was like a condition of our move was that he would not have to travel as much. Nice. He was like, if I'm moving my family to Texas, of all places, like, you guys are going to make me travel less. Yeah. So I will see them more <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Yeah. So we saw a lot more of him those last couple of years. Well, good. Which was good. It was a, it was a great thing. Like, yeah. Which we could which we could have seen more of him, honestly. Right. Second intermission here. We're doing it uh, again. Dad's away, so we're just kind of we're winging it here. Second intermission. Avs Panthers two to two. Yeah. Kind of a blah game so far with yeah. flashes from each team. Yeah, a couple of breakaways here and there. Um, Posts. Trading goals. Good so. tips. So, first period was. Two great tips made it one to one. Yeah, can't fault either goaltender on either one of those no. goals. And then I don't know what that that goal was on Luongo, the shorthanded. Yeah. Another shorthanded goal for the yeah. Abs, which is good. AJ Florida's always been kind of a weird building for the Abs. The games just always seem kind of weird. You know, part of it might be the fact that there is such a small crowd, which we'll we'll talk about uh, in the third segment, but. You know, there just never seems to be much energy in the building, and, and the games just always do kind of seem sleepy. Mm-hmm. Again, I would say let's walk it back to the first, but really nothing, nothing of significance happened outside of the two goals, which were yeah. outliers a, in the period. There was a two-on-one from Kerfoot and Joe that didn't result in a goal. Right. A McKinnon kind of breakaway that didn't result in a goal. Right. Kind of, Kind of a hook right at the end, but... Yeah, really, sort of kind of, but not really. Yeah, he, he probably could have gotten a shot off, but uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It was one of those ones where I mean it wasn't a, it wasn't a clean it, breakaway and it wasn't a it wasn't like a clean it, hook, you know. Had the ref called it a hook, he'd be like, oh, okay, I see it. He didn't it's really know huge problems. Yeah. Philip Grubauer, let's talk about him a minute. Uh, Varley at the last couple starts. Mm-hmm. Can't give up six goals. Can't give up six goals. The first tip, nothing you can do. Second yeah. second goal was a wide, wide open Aaron Ekblad yeah. on a power play. Nothing Just bad read can by do. the PK unit, man. Yeah, that's, really that's all that is. That's, you know, watching that replay, uh, I still think Zadorov needed to rotate, uh, but you got two guys that, that did not have sticks in the lane, made that a real easy pass. Mm. Confer's got to at least get a stick in the lane there. There's no point in him having his stick out high on his forehand side because um, it went. the pass went to his backside and it went to his backhand side. He needs to have his stick there. And, you know, because you're trying to you're trying to encourage them to move the puck away. Right. So he needs to have his stick in that lane there. Uh, but Zadorov needs to see him, needs to see that guy creeping back door and do something about it, not just, oh, I'm going to body this guy in front of the net like – you don't play you don't play man to man like that when you're down a guy right. because you literally can't. <laughs> they call right. it a man advantage because there's one more of them. I can't remember. I I think I think it was my sister's boyfriend was uh, <laughs> talking to me over the over the weekend and was saying, you know, I I know it's I know it's an extra guy, but I don't get why it's such a big advantage. Why they can cycle start and it's just that you at any given second someone's open. Yeah. And when someone's open, that's that's a oh, free every guy every puck battle on the wall. You can go two v one, right? Three v two, four v three, five v four. Doesn't matter. You always have the extra guy, right? 
Unless the goalie wants to come out and get hyphy. <laughs> Which like, then it's like five on four and a half. Well, and then your goalie needs to come in and join the fray, and then we've got a brawl. We've got a line brawl. <laughs> so, no, I just, like, really, it, you know, it's it's bad coverage. Uh, you can't, you cannot play, you know, you're covering ice, not guys. Right. And when a guy finds open ice like that, you've, you've broken down on your job. So what have you thought of Grubauer outside of the two goals? Which again, he's been I, fine. I mean, he made the big save on the the, the Dadanov breakaway at the end of the second period. That's huge, you know. And these two teams in the same situation they were last year, you know, going into the third period in a close game, where you're kind of thinking, hey, Colorado really should win this game, you know. And they pulled away last year on the back of some McKinnon brilliance. You know, we'll see if they do it again to, tonight, but. It, um, you know, they they don't look good or bad tonight. They just sort of look blah. Yeah, both and, teams. And yeah, and you know, Florida Florida's a really underrated talent wise team. You know, they their their forward core especially is they've got two they've got two legitimate lines that scare you like that are really a matchup problem. You know, for Colorado, they can use their top line and be like, oh, no problem. Right. Okay, great. Now what do you do about that second line? Because Colorado doesn't have an answer for that. You know, it's the same problem that they faced against Pittsburgh, where one of your lines is is fighting for survival. They're not gonna, you know, they don't have a distinct advantage there. Right. And um, you know, I think I think I think overall they've done. You know, both teams have have responded to whatever challenge the other one has thrown at them. Colorado's gotten two different one goal leads, and Florida came right back both times. Right. We've spent most of this game tied, so it's gonna be it's gonna be whichever team can upset that apple cart in the third period is gonna be the one that wins, the one that can generate the next goal, but also maintain it. Special teams have been a problem for the Avs tonight, which is yeah. not something we've said as of late. But again, horrible uh, defensive, uh, you know, coverage breakdown. Wow, is uh, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars get a safety on one of I the worst plays I haven't seen a safety on a punt return. Well, did you see that? In an actual NFL oh, game. Oh, okay. Oh, he bobbled it. That's Yeah. It he takes muffed it. Run. I, see, I don't get why he did that. Forward, bro. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Just, or just well, he doesn't fall know where on he the is. ground. Just fall he, down. He doesn't know where he is. Woof. So... But we'll I, right I can't remember BSM ever seeing Titans podcast. I, I can I, I don't I, I've watched a lot of NFL football in my life and I don't remember seeing safety on a punt return. Uh didn't it happen earlier this year? Maybe college? I mean, it's really rare because it requires oh, the, somebody actually, running into their own end the, zone. The last time we were here, the Saints and the Cowboys were playing, and it was a similar play, but they got tackled on like the one. That's what I was thinking of. Literally one week ago to yeah. the day. Yeah, we so, got stuff coming here on Thursday nights. I know. We, we're always fighting with football. Uh, so, special teams. Yeah. The speaking Florida, of special teams. Florida, yeah, speaking of. of, from, of from football special teams to the app special teams. <laughs> Florida Stop, stop putting yourself in the box, yo. And it was another Florida team made a good play on special teams. Really, really aggressive penalty kill from the Panthers. Well, and I would do it too. That's exactly how I would defend the apps. I would say, all right. Watching, you know, standing around and passively letting those three guys chew you up. It's not working for teams, so they've got to do something else. 
and the Avs have made their adjustments uh, on on their power play, you know, in terms of the formation and whatnot. But ultimately, they they have two guys that they're ignoring on their on their power play at all times. That they're just looking to clean up, right? Like those are those are your junkyard guys. You know, you've got a guy behind the net who can rotate and cycle the puck back to the other side, and then you've got Colin Wilson in front, who's literally his only job is to stand there and retrieve pucks or bang home rebounds, and that's it. And you know, and we're seeing teams are going to defend them more aggressively, and they're going to say, "All right, if you're going to beat us, it's because you're out of your comfort zone and you're trying something different." And tonight, that hasn't happened. Although Barry did hit the post on a classic like pitch and catch from the bolt from the half board. That that one timer of Tyson Barry's from the blue line is that's a really underrated shot. That's a heavy shot that Tyson Barry you alluded to well, in the last and, podcast. Yeah, and he places it well. Traffic. That's something he, Eric Johnson has struggled with his entire <laughs> career. Remember when he first got to Colorado and it was like shin pad city. It, I uh. think that's the most. And this includes the 48-point season. That's the most frustrating hockey I've ever seen in my life, is watching <laughs> Eric Johnson just send bullets into shin pad after shin pad well, and, after and shin it pad. Was constantly creating problems for him because the puck immediately goes the other way, and it gets by him, and then it's like, all right, <laughs> this really turned on a dime. You're supposed to be a great skater. Let's go see it. Yeah, time to see it now. <laughs> But no, and you know Gerard has the same problem right now, where he's just he's still trying to figure out how to get that shot through traffic. And and TB4 does it consistently these days. Gerard, I give a little bit of credit to because he seems to have trouble hitting the net. A lot of pucks of his seem to get deflected. Not as many seem to get just outright blocked and going the other way. Eric Johnson did leave that period with an injury. We're kind of in wait and see mode right now. Yeah. If he emerges back out of the locker room for the third, kind of, kind of one of the downsides of this kind of podcast format is <laughs> we don't have answers to every question as they're unfolding, and when people listen to this on their drive tomorrow, they will know, likely know what's up. But this is just segment one, so we can make up for it in segments two and three. Yeah. Really quick, game's about to come back on. Carl Soderberg scored a Jeez. shorthanded goal for the Avs, tenth goal of the year, dude. It was an ugly one, but hey, he picked that puck off. He drove the the play up the ice. Tenth goal of the year uh, for for Carl Soderberg, and you and I were talking right after it went in. I said, "Look, this is a guy who his entire NHL career, his numbers say this is a second line center." Yeah, he had one bad year, and then, one a horrible year. And well, and then last year, obviously, he had what thirty nine points, something like that. But playing in the was, role that he played in, right? And it was all in and. I think I think he ended up with more defensive zone starts than anybody in the NHL, um, or he was in the bottom five somewhere like that. And so he was he was put in some of the worst positions to generate offense, and he was playing next to not guy you know not offensive guys. What and you know this year obviously like same situation, but he's finding ways to produce. You know it's just it's interesting to me because you know the fifteen sixteen year was so bad. For everybody. For, for everybody. I mean, McKinnon had 18 goals that year, and I think he's got 18 right now. Historically, that was such a horrible season. So my biggest thing is this is just a, uh, hey, give give Carl a bit of a break here, Avs fans. You have a legitimate, that's he's a legitimate a, well, top six <clears throat> forward. Well, and he's, he's a good player. I mean, even in, even in the role he's being used in, 
he really gives them a nice feather in the cap, and he's a really good. I mean, he's a really solid player for now, but he's also going to be a guy that they could reasonably let leave at the end of his current contract and replace because they've got an internal guy in Shane Bowers who should be able to do that. It just it always makes me laugh because I feel like but, a lot of Avs fans say, "Yeah, oh Carl Soderberg, that's a good fourth liner." It's like, no, no, he's no, no, solid player. Like he's, good player. He's, he's a good player. That's just my little soapbox. I, I, in you know, the, I in like the, Carl. In the scoring explosion we've seen around the league, he's probably more of a third-line center as a 50-point guy. But if your third-line center is getting 50 points, things are going real well for you. You're in good shape. Let's jump out, watch this third, figure out how this game's going to end. When we come back, we'll tell you all about it. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. We will be right back. Hey, everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games, for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, concerts, beer tastings food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. Second segment, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go. 11.3 seconds to go in the third period. AJ is shaking his head and waving. I don't know what that's for. It's 5-2 to two for the Avs. I like that I like they don't necessarily know what that looks like when I do it. So you, you could, like, you could picture me just, like, shaking my head, like, violently <laughs> and, and, like, waving, like, like, like hello, yeah, yeah I'm really like, excited. Uh, like, like my arm is like a wind turbine. <laughs> I'm trying to generate some electricity here. Do they keep the percentage alive? I was hoping they would. Uh, Soderberg would go for the sh- the, the hat trick. The hatty. Well, so let's let's start right there, AJ. So oh the yeah. Abs, the Avs take uh, take two points out of Florida, five to two win as the horn goes off. Philip uh. Grubauer appro- improves to seven one and two with the Colorado Avalanche. Look, they just play better in front of him. He's got to take the job. Oh my God! They just play better in front of him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's the old, uh, it's the old Andrew Raycroft argument. <laughs> Carl Soderberg, we showed him some love at the end of the last segment, and he goes out and just keeps doing what uh, Carl does. Pretty dope, because we know some stuff. We know some things. Yeah. I put my takeaways that he was going to have a good bounce back in Florida. You did do that. Uh, got it. What did you think of the third period, AJ? Well, uh, I said it was uh, this game was reminiscent of last year's in Florida. Was that and dude making you mad uncomfortable? He, was basically, he basically like sat down next to you, just staring right into your soul. Was he? Yeah, you didn't see that? He no. Was, his eyes were like the size of quarters, like, like inches away from you. He was giving me the dinner plates? Yeah. Oh, that's not Freaked cool. Freaked me out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I said, uh, you know, it was it was reminiscent of last year's Avs-Florida uh, Panthers game in Florida. 
And, um, you know, it was a tight game, and then the Avs pulled away. And I believe they won 5-2 to two in that game uh, last year. 7-2. to two. Last year? They won 7-2 to two in Florida? Well, they really pulled away. Well. Or 7-3. to three. Did not pull away to that extent tonight, but 5-2. to two. Uh, did what they had to do, man. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was solid. And uh, they, we were talking about the uh, the game winning goal right after it happened with um, JT Comfer uh, deflecting uh, uh, the Landeskog floater in. And I was saying, you know, that's that is a goal that they conjured up out of thin air. Yeah, that's that's a goal that they just flat out worked harder than Florida for. Yep. And because it came off at the end of what, like a two minute stretch where they were just dominating possession. Yeah, they held it in for for quite a while. And and it ended up, you know, they ended up producing an ugly goal out of it. You know, quote unquote ugly. Certainly nothing that Roberto Luongo can do on a deflection that close to him. It's it's an ugly goal because of the entire sequence. That's a beautiful tip. It's a perfect tip. You got to you got to appreciate the tip, but it's it's not the kind of goal that you're going to sell non-hockey fans on why hockey's great, you know. Not especially not at full speed at, at right. you know Cause, super cause slow-mo. Cuz it's just going to confuse people where you're like All right, what the hell happened? <laughs> How did he let that in? <laughs> but no, it it's it's really I mean, they just they they just outworked Florida, man. They were the better team. They they outworked them. They they earned that. Like, better team won that game. It was pretty even after two periods, and it was going to come down to which team really decided it was going to be theirs. Colorado made their mistakes. They took penalties. They opened up the door for Florida. Florida could not walk through. The Avs did. The Avs, I mean, the Avs juggernauted their way through the door and then stayed there. You know, they, they, they said, I'm the juggernaut, and they hung out. And then they made a sandwich, you know, and then they... Then, then, then they put the Sunday on it at the end. Had, you know, had some ice cream at the very end there. It, juggernaut happy. <laughs> yeah, it's you, – you got contributions all the way up and down your lineup that, that third period. You know, you're looking for secondary scoring what? all season. That's people keep tweeting at me about the Avs are a one-line team, and I'm like, Carl Soderbergh now got 10 goals. I'm sorry, 11 goals. That, the pass by Colin Wilson for kind of that dagger goal. I mean, it's that's – great stuff. It's beautiful. It's, it's perfect. It's – you had guys. <laughs> Gabe Landeskog got the empty netter, but yeah, two to two going into the third period. You get goals from JT Comfer, and you get goals. And you get JT goal Comfer playing on the top line, right? It, and it looks like they did switch back to your standard top line. And just before anyone gets yeah. carried away, that that they'll go right back to that. That to me looked like a little bit of a hey. Things are a little stale at this exact moment. Let's shake it up. Right. Don't expect JT Comper to to, <laughs> to be roll out there in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, it worked. You know, it worked. You got the spark I, you needed. I mean, I tell you what, a, a, a Jost McKinnon combination could be a lot of fun too. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you know so so for as much talk as there is about, um, yeah, this being oh. a one line team. You got you got scoring from other guys in that second period, and that's what put you over the hump. Oh. Matt Nieto hit a post. Well, they hit what three posts tonight? Um, Tyson County, Bar- County. Tyson Berry hit two on his own. Two. I want to say four then, because I believe okay. someone from the top line got one in the first as well. Okay. So four posts total. Um, five goals. 
five goals. Could have been seven. <laughs> so like, so here's here's your worst case scenario. We we said after uh, after after the game in Pittsburgh, you got to come home at least five hundred. You're two and one on this road trip. The, your worst case scenario is you're coming home five hundred off this road trip. Uh, already a success yep. for the Avs. Obviously, for, for me, I said that they uh, before this trip, I wanted them to go. Uh, I said five hundred would be fine for me. Uh, losing in Pittsburgh and losing in Tampa Bay would be would be fine. Like this is a team that's played a lot of games in the last three weeks. They've played reliably every other day. They've played a lot of games on the road. You know, and when you're traveling and you're coming home, you know, every four days, it's almost like being in a in a road city, in a road environment. Right. Because you're popping in for a game or two and then you're gone again. You're not getting that feel of being at home. You're, you're not, not getting the relaxation of being at home. It's only you're only there for two nights and then you're gone again. You know, it's not like it's they haven't had a true homestand. It's what is today? Today's December sixth. They haven't had a true homestand this season. What's been the longest? Three? Two. Two. And then and then I mean we've got coming up next week, they have one they have one home game and then they go to St. Louis. And then they have their first home stand of the season. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I've been And even about then, it. sorry, but that will involve two back to backs uh, as part of that home stand because they play St. Louis next uh, next Thursday, next Friday. Yeah, next Friday. I leave Thursday. Okay. So they play St. Louis on the road on Friday, and then they come home and they play Dallas at home on Saturday, and then they play all week at home. But then they go. They play on Friday in Denver, and then they play Saturday in Arizona, and then they have the Christmas break before they go out to Vegas, where I will meet them. So even even their their the begin their homestand is they're going to have two back to backs involved in it. They're going to play like five games in nine days. So you know, like this, it's it's a grueling, arduous schedule. This is a team that you know we. We, we said that the four days that they had off earlier in the schedule was screwing them up because it was too much time off. But since that second four-day break, they've just been playing. And that's great because they found a rhythm and they're playing well. But this is a team that it looks they look like they've run out of gas a little bit over the last couple of games. And I think this is a team that really needs those couple days off between the Tampa game and Saturday and um, the Tuesday game at home against Edmonton. Philip Grubauer, he lost his first Dope. game. He lost his first game as an Av in regulation of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Since then, he has suited up in nine games. He has pulled points out of all nine. He's had, you know, there was obviously the Vancouver game. He he was an eight eleven goalie that night. Gave I mean, up seven goals. Bad, 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 bad. The Avs only have seven regulation losses. I believe. Mm -hmm. I think Pittsburgh was seven. Yep. Dude, it's December 6th. Like, I don't have a point here. That's just awesome. Yeah, make of that what make of that whatever you'd like. It's December 6th. The Avs have lost, have, haven't pulled points out of just seven games. The Avs have more road wins than they do regulation losses. <laughs> Had you told me that would be the case in the first week of December, I would have been like, wow, things have gone really well. <laughs> And guess what? Things have gone really well. 
So Philip Grubauer, I, I mean, there's there's people all over Twitter every night. Oh, this guy sucks. Oh, this blah blah blah. The dude, the, the dude's been. Look, they just play better in front of him. He's that's been, all. <laughs> shut up. He, you know, he's like, just been solid. Jokes aside, like he does have, I think, like the second or third highest goal support. So when the Avs are averaging four goals a night when you're in net, it does not make it very difficult to win games. Fair. So yeah, Yahtzee. I mean, he's he's had what I what I like about him just looking at his numbers. For every bad game he's had, he's had a really good one. He's had a handful of average ones, but you know, for that that eight eleven game, he had a nine seventy seven game. For his eight seven five game, he had a nine seventy four game. Tonight he was a nine forty three goalie. You know, so he's yeah. It hasn't been as consistent and as solid as we as 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 we've. It has not been. A, it has not been a smooth transition, but it. If you're gonna if you're gonna win seven of your first ten starts, and you're and we're gonna be able to say it hasn't been a smooth transition. It's going. It's still going well. Great shape. Like. Great shape. At the end of the day, man, you're winning games. You play the game to win the game. The winning is the part that matters the most, right? And the process, of course, of course it matters. But it's gotten better for Grubauer. Uh, I, I really liked his game against Pittsburgh last week, outside of the second goal, of course. Yes. Yep. And by the way, I think I think that game kind of proved it. It is Grub that Pepsi Center is going with. Yeah, which... You know, Avs fans no longer can say anything about the stupid Dubnik chant no, because they turn around and they adopted the same exact thing. It's great. The first chance they got. Now, I'm I, a big fan of it. I think I still think it should have just been Phil. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. One chant of Phil yeah. from 18,000 people, and then it's dead silent. And that's it. That's and then fun. move on. Yeah. No. Ruby would have been fine, too, just because they've already got the Varley, so you know they know how to do it. See – so Pepsi Center had that going on the board. It's too fast. I was like, people can't keep up with this. It was going too quickly. But I like the group. I right, think it's right. awesome. All right, board ops. We need you guys to slow it down. Also, if board ops, if you are listening, can you maybe get us a bigger penalty clock on the jumbotron? Or put one up there because yeah. there were two whole penalties in the last game at home. In which they weren't on the board, and I had to watch the TV yeah. to know how much time was left. So that that's that's my formal request. If anyone from Pepsi Center or Altitude or the Avs is listening to this, just help us out. Just just maybe throw the numbers up there a little bit bigger or at all. And in case LG listens to this, can you tell... The altitude graphics team to put shots on goal on the graphics. Oh yeah, that'd in be game. Too. Yeah, like, I think the abs are like everybody else does it <laughs> in the league, and the abs are the only ones who are like, it is a mystery. <laughs> and I get it for for many many years now. The shots have heavily favored the other team, so it was like <laughs> we don't talk about that here. But you should now. I want to see them. Yeah. So LG, if you could help us out, and if. If you have any friends that could, uh, DJ Triple T, if you're listening to this, yeah. throw it up there. Throw throw up the penalty clock. LG, get us some shots on on the on the screen. And, AJ, can, we, and can we get some carnival music? <laughs> and while you're at no, 
While we're here, I have a list of demands. <laughs> AJ, uh, wrap up this game. You and I have one last uh, thing that we wanted to talk about for tonight. So wrap yeah. up the game. We'll go to a break, and then we'll finish it out. Uh, I mean, they wanted it, man. Like, it's it's one of the oldest hockey cliches, you know. The, oh, the team that got the two points tonight was the team that wanted it the most. Well, Florida can't say they didn't have their opportunities. They had multiple power plays in the third period. They had opportunities to come back. They just didn't do it. The Avs capitalized on their chances. They made the most of the opportunities they created. They put it. They put it home, man. I and mean, you can't you can't say that they weren't playing their best goaltender. It wasn't. You know, they're not they're not throwing Michael Hutchinson out there. It was Roberto Luongo. It's the guy you want in net. Uh, you know, the better team won, and the team that, that that executed won, and that's really what it came down to tonight. This was not a this was not teams trading punches. This was, you know, one team landing punches and the other team just not. I think that's perfect. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Twitter and the hockey universe seems to notice every time their team is playing in Florida, the crowd's a bit thin. We're going to talk about that and why it's an issue or why maybe you shouldn't even care. BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by In We Go. We will be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado sports network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. The Sportsbook Bar and Grill is owned by Denver Denver natives who love Colorado sports. I'm a big sports guy. I love watching sports. I love people's reaction to sports when it's a high-stakes game. No matter what's going on in the world, it kind of unifies people, and everyone seems to be a friend, <laughs> you know, when you're at a sports bar. So, yeah, that's, that's the main reason I want to get involved in sports bar. That was John Porter, part owner of Sportsbook. Him and his team pride themselves in creating a great environment for you to enjoy your favorite sports with TVs in every direction you look and so much more. Something that makes Sportsbook unique is not just a sports bar. We also have a killer menu um, with a bunch of, we got pizza burgers and melts and the combination of the food with the experience of of a Broncos game or an Avalanche game or a Rockies game and having all that stuff packed into one. I mean, no one wants to sit at home by themselves and watch a game. You want to be around friends or you want to make new friends. You want to be full while you do it. And you also would like to have a few drinks with it as well. So with all the beers we have on tap and the diversity of our menu, there's no better spot to watch sports. You feel like you're in your house with all of your friends with you. If you're near Wash Park or Greenwood Village, be sure to stop by Sportsbook Bar and Grill today. Third and final segment on the BSN Avalanche podcast. Presented by In We Go. The only subscription that gets you into almost any event in Denver. Use the promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month when you download the In We Go app today. Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley hanging out down here, down again, casually. We are unofficially 
at Blake Street Tavern. I just patrons, but we decided to set up shop because YOLO. I think it's the red lion on Colfax, actually. And I'm talking about hotels. Sorry. We uh, no the that red lion. They changed it. It's a uh, is it something else it's now? Studio apartments now. Oh, so that mailing address joke works. <laughs> AJ, everyone gets on Twitter as soon as the puck drops in sunrise. Oh, yeah. Let me pull these up. And it's, oh, my gosh, just move the team. Oh, no one's even there. This is so sad. How do they, how does Gary, what, a, what an idiot Gary Bettman is still leaving a team there. The crowds are thin in Florida. You're, you're in a, you, you set up shop in a retirement community. People move to Florida to get away from cold weather. Well, hockey hockey breeds in cold weather. But you have some numbers to say that, hey, it's it's not well, an the angry end of the world. Quebec person hit me up today and said we averaged sixteen thousand fans uh, for junior hockey. And so, just using their number, I would just like to point out that there are. Okay, I'm double, I was double checking. Yep, there are eight teams in the NHL who average under sixteen thousand per this game this season, as of right now. Yeah, and I, I know you're going to go through them. Actually, can I guess? I never guessed yeah. before. Go for it. So, Florida, Arizona. Uh, yep, that's two of them. Dallas. No. New Jersey. Yep. The Islanders. Yep. The Senators. The, the Jets, it's unfair because their capacity <sighs> yep. is under 16,000. But well, they're and, one. and New Jersey is also 98%. So, Oh, wow. That's I didn't know that either, either, but, yeah, small building. Okay, so what? Uh, so you're missing two. One of them is really obvious, and the other one I was surprised Carolina? By. Okay, that's the obvious one. Really and the one, the one that you're missing is the highest of all of these, so... Man, let's see, let's see. Eastern Conference. Eastern Conference. Yep, Eastern Conference. Would it be Washington? No. Well, you said it surprised you. That was the only reason I guessed I think that. it's surprising just because the fan base is pretty fervent. They're, they're passionate guys. All right, I'm sorry. Vamp here for a minute because I, I, I do want to try to guess this. You just do like a David Letterman vamp. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I was actually I was surprised by this one too. Uh, it's behind Anaheim and St. Louis, and I thought Anaheim would for Anaheim, sure be there. Anaheim would have been my guess yeah. until you said it was an Eastern Conference B- Anaheim team. also 96.8% capacity. Really? Yeah. Which, ha, I can tell you from my experience in Anaheim, that's a bull. <laughs> Man, I, I give. Columbus? Yep, Columbus. Yep. If anybody's curious, the abs are like right in the middle. Um, at seventeen two nine seven, and the Avs at ninety six point one percent. That's the Avs, huge. The Avs have been on the rise the last four years. Of course, they bottomed out in the forty eight point season, so I'm kind of fibbing that a little bit. But they've but been that creeping was an outlier up. in every sense. Right, but they were they've been in like the high eighties for most of the last like eight years, and so that they're up to ninety six this year, like. I would expect two years from now that they are back to selling out regularly. Yeah, I agree. I think I will be. 
because I believe in the trajectory that they're on, and I think they're they're going to win a round or two in the playoffs um, coming up, you know, this year or next. That they're going to start compete. We're going to start talking about them as a top five team. They're going to be a cup contender. All the all those things, you know, all those breakthrough moments, um, and the attendance will follow as we've seen over and over and over again in Denver. Not, not yeah, I'll say not just with the Avs, but in Denver in general. Right. I mean, so, three Denver teams have attendance records. So it always blows me away when people. Are you counting the Eagles in that technically? No. Because the Eagles own the I'm, longest minor pro hockey sellout streak. Uh, okay, but that's not it's not Denver's. That's Colorado sports. Sure. But so. But it's it's just you, when you hear about oh Denver's not a great sports town or whatever, but they have an attendance record. You know they have the longest sellout streak in the NHL. They have the highest number ever in uh, for a single season in baseball. They have like three of the top five in baseball. Um, obviously, they had the unfair advantage of playing a Mile High Stadium, but so what? <laughs> they still filled it. Right, right. You know, like there have been other teams that have played at base or that have played, played at football stadiums, and they're not filling it. And uh, you know, and then then obviously the Broncos have sold out every game for forty plus years. So, well, and, and what and you gonna say? You know, you look back at the. The stadium series game the Avs hosted, which sold out, as as AD reported recently, you know they'll be getting another chance to, to fill a football stadium this time. But yeah, Coors Field packed to the rim yeah. for a hockey game. Mm-hmm. Forty whatever thousand, forty eight thousand yep. people. Yep. So you know that people well, show you up. Remember, you remember the that that same year that they did it, Minnesota hosted one that didn't sell out. First NHL outdoor game not to sell out. In the state of hockey, the ultimate hockey fans in the U.S. We right. sell out Excel Energy Center for high school. Blah, 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 blah. Get something to do, was, and you won't have to go watch high school hockey. That was actually a pretty good impersonation, especially at the end where you weren't making sense. Nothing against high school hockey. I played high school hockey, but well, that means you know everything about the game. Chew Dune if you're putting twenty thousand people watching a. JV. Yo, I played hockey. I played high school hockey, and how come I don't get any credit for that? How come I always have guys who are like, oh, "Have you ever played the game?" Someone told me the other day that what I said was dumb, and they said, "And this is coming from someone who actually plays the game." So I said, "I've played since I was five. Does that mean I'm qualified?" And they actually responded by saying, "Yes." Oof. I was like, "That was a rhetorical question. I was humoring you. I was making fun of your stupid right. point." <laughs> AJ, so why are these numbers relevant? When you when you look at it, because it is. It's well, I think you so. When you're, we're, we're talking about the expansion, we're talking about how many people. You know, Canada has seven teams, and two of them are in the bottom ten of the of attendance. Now again, Winnipeg's at one hundred and two percent, so that's working. But that's also the population of Winnipeg. <laughs> So, you know, and, and from what I've, I've never been there, but from what I've been told, you go to Jets games, you go to the casino, you stay at home inside. And then you go to a Moose game back in the day. So that's what you do. And Luke, so when you talk about moving. Could, could Luke confirm or deny if Jets games, casinos, home are the only three establishments? I'd appreciate it. I'm sure there's something else. This is – I – I'm not. I'm sure there's there's a Tim Hortons or a. Don't trade Ryan O'Reilly there. I don't know. There's 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 a something. I'm sure I'm sure somebody sells ketchup chips. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 
You have to have the Amazon Prime then, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But no, like when you talk about, oh, we're getting that many for junior hot. Look, nobody doubts that Canadians love hockey. But you got seven mark. You got seven markets right now, and two of them are in the bottom ten of attendance, and just nightly attendance. Obviously, if we were doing this by percentage, it would look differently. But you're still talking. You got two of them there, and given the weakness of the Canadian dollar, why would the NHL be in a huge hurry to put another team up there? Right. And say, well, hey, I don't know that you're financially viable enough over a thirty-year period or whatever, because you could say, oh, we're totally financially viable for the next five years. But you're not putting a team, you're not granting an expansion franchise and saying, five years, that sounds great. You want, right. you're putting a team there and you want them to be there for a long time. Now, do they have a problem in Florida and do they have a problem in Arizona? Yes. 100% agree. But I don't know why they're mad about those two, those franchises when expansion has gone to two markets that make sense. And Vegas has been an unequivocal success. You can't get upset about Vegas. They're right in the middle of, of the attendance, and they're at 105% capacity. You can't be mad about Vegas when they have I was 105%. To, I was trying to, you know, we were looking into going out there, me and a couple of buddies, you know, just for fun, for a preseason game. Well, dude, they are struggling at this dude, bar tonight. Dude, multiple trays, and that was the first glass. Jeez, Louise. Agent animals jumped out of our skin because they dropped like an entire stack of trays. Yeah. Just out of nowhere. That's a, that's a it was right thing. next to us, and it was like a it was a loud bang. Third thing they've yard sailed. But no, so you know, we were just trying to get tickets for, for funsies. 85 bucks for a preseason upper level ticket in Vegas. Yeah, like to your to your point. No one right now can say that isn't working. Right. Well, and then Seattle. Seattle is a proven sports town. They're they're like the shining example of MLS expansion, <laughs> which, weird. <laughs> but, you know, their fan 33, base. 33,000 season ticket deposits. Seriously? There you go. Can't say that's not working. <laughs> yeah. 33,000 season ticket deposits. Because that's, I mean, that's crazy, dude. Like, those are crazy numbers. And they're in viable markets. They're in big TV markets. They're in big enough TV markets. And in big enough places that they should be stable for many, 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 many years to come. Well, and to me, really... So I get the frustration of not getting a team. But if you're going to get one, it needs to be the Panthers relocating. Yeah, no, and, and to me, there's, there's two teams that, that you could say... <laughs> All right, well, I could see one of them moving, and I think it's Florida, and I think it's Arizona. My understanding is there is no ownership group who's at all interested in that. I, I heard today uh, via Elliot Friedman that the word at the Board of Governors meeting was Arizona's got a new owner lined up, and the plan is 100% to keep them in Arizona. That's too bad because Houston is awaiting. But so I think I think you've got Florida and I think you've got Arizona and I and then I think you've got Houston. I think you can move one of them. You're not moving. I, I mean, I guess you could move Florida up to Quebec and keep it yeah. in the East. Yeah. But but Quebec was a was a pipe dream anyways because the NHL 
you knew where the two teams were going when they when they realigned the divisions yeah. however many years ago. Right. Well, and, and, and you also, you know, they, they talk about the, the Videotron Center being this beautiful facility, you know. Will it be by the time they get a team back up there? Right. Like well, I'm, and it's small, I'm really, isn't it? I'm wondering. I don't know what the I don't know what the capacity is. I needed to look that up before we started, but I was not that on the ball. I got it. I got it. You can talk. So, but I, I wonder, you know, and that's and, and that's an argument for having done it sooner than they have. But do you think? I mean, do you think Quebec City should get another team? Eighteen. It's actually bigger than Pepsi Center, so I completely stand corrected. Um, no, I don't. Why? Uh, at least not right now. Like I, I'm, I don't have any like personal opposition here. I'm not like, oh, Quebec sucks, uh, you know. But it's hard when you've lost a franchise. You know, it's it's hard it's hard to 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 put it into a market that's already failed. Right. You know, I mean, look at how many how long did Winnipeg try to get the Jets back? They tried and tried, and they and went through owners and. Different ownership groups that kept trying to get a team up there, and they finally got one. And the the big risk was, it's really small. The arena's really small. They're going to have to sell that out every night to be viable. And while that's worked so far, what happens if they don't win a cup in the next fifteen years? You know, are you going to have the same situation? And then what? Are you going to are you going to move them away from Winnipeg again? Well, and the Canadian dollar is weak right now, and well, it's the problem is, is since we started talking about expansion, you know, seven years ago, six years ago, it's been weak. It hasn't rebounded, and so, and that's what they were afraid of. They, that's why they didn't want the first round of expansion to go to Quebec City, because they, you know, one of the one of their concerns anyway was that they were worried about the dollar in in Canada. If it hasn't gotten better now. I don't know why it's not, you know, why is it going to to magically get better if they move a team there now? Right. You know, those, I think I think that economy needs to show, you know, a, a certain amount of strength before they really consider it. No, I agree. Now, I'm not an economist. I don't know much about this <laughs> stuff. All I know is what they tell us. And when they say the Canadian dollar has been weak for too long and that it's a factor, okay. You know, the Canadian dollar needs to hit the gym. It can come with me. You know, we can pump some iron together. We can get swole. And then Quebec City can have a team back. Preferably the Panthers. Yeah. And and I think, I think long term, I think in the, I I think 10, 15 years from now, you will. You'll see the Houston Coyotes and the Quebec Panthers. And I obviously, I think Quebec would change the name, but. So one more quick thought about this attendance thing, since I w- I'm kind of playing with it as we're talking. I, I sorted it out by percentage uh, of capacity, not just average attendance, but by percentage filled. And in the bottom 10, again, two Canadian teams. And they're different. I'm sorry, three Canadian teams. Three of the seven in terms of percentage. Wow. You know, Ottawa, Vancouver, and Calgary. Combine that with the raw numbers, you have four of the seven Canadian teams are, by some metric, in the bottom ten of of attendance in the NHL. You know, Winnipeg is great on percentage but low on raw numbers, and then three of your franchises are in the bottom ten of capacity, percentage of the capacity filled. 
Now, obviously, Toronto and Montreal are crushing it, but they're not crushing it to the point where the rest of the Canadian teams are also crushing it. So when you just say, oh, move a team to Canada, it'll work, you're looking at empirical data sitting right in front of us saying that that's just not true. Right. If it's a winning team, people will show. If it's not a winning team, they won't. You know, Vancouver was hopping a couple years ago when the Sedins were taking them to the cup finals. But right now, Vancouver's in the bottom 10. They're only filling 93% of their arena every night. And you know they lie about attendance. Right, right. Everybody does. I There was a game during the 48-point season. I had a, um, a very good source tell me, there, there are there are going to be fewer than 9,000 people in this building. I actually think it was uh, the 48-point season weekday game against Florida, coincidentally enough. And I, I was told, I know for a fact, there are going to be fewer than 9,000 people in this building, and the Avs reported an attendance of like 12. So you know... Well, teams do that. That's how the Bron- To be honest, that's how the Broncos have kept that streak alive. Because there have been a couple of games in the last couple of years where you're looking around and you're like, this isn't even close to sold out. But, you know, somebody will buy all those tickets up at the last minute or whatever to make sure that it ensures the numbers look good. So, you know, this is obviously a flawed way to look at this, admittedly. But you can't just say Quebec City is a Canadian city. We'll support a team. You know, because maybe you will at the beginning. You know, like Winnipeg has been great about it since the Jets moved back. And then the Jets got good. And so it's really easy for them to continue to support a team. But like Vancouver, Calgary, those are long-term concerns, right? Ottawa, you don't know what the hell is going on in those markets. Those guys are all in the bottom ten of capacity filled in your arena every night. So you can't. it's not as easy as, well, Canada will support it. Right. Not that black and white. It's not, man. You're, trying to t- you're talking about a market 20 years from now. Not how it's going to do in its first run there when everyone's excited. Right. You know, how's Vegas going to do in eight years? just about to say that. If Vegas doesn't make that run to the finals, I I still think they're probably still selling out like crazy because it's the first pro sports team there. Right. Well, and that's a different, that's a totally different situation just because the dynamics are different. Right. That's not only pro hockey. That's the first major four pro team. But Vegas has also been a sleeping giant for years. Just because the tourism is so insanely high there. Well, Everybody they, goes to Vegas, man. Everybody goes to Vegas. crushed it with that arena. Absolutely beautiful arena on the strip. You're going to sell out that building for a long, long, long time. Well, and they get the Raiders in a couple of years. You think they're going to have problems? Right. That team's going to be bad, and those people are going to fill the joint up. You know, they're building a brand-new baseball stadium there, too, to, to support their minor league team that they support the hell out of. Like, they're not going to have any issues in Vegas. Have you also seen the new venue they're building for – it's mostly going to be for prize fights but also concerts and stuff? Yeah. The Globe? Yep. Woo! It looks so cool, dude. Oh, man. Like, the mock-ups incredible. of it, it's yeah. like – looks it's sick. Gonna, it's going to be like going inside a snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I, you know, it just – Quebec doesn't have that. Quebec doesn't have that. And, and you know what? Florida- Quebec, Quebec has a bunch of Canadians who are dying for hockey right now. And that's great, and I totally get it. 
and I 100% support Quebec City as a market over Sunrise, Florida, and Phoenix, Arizona. I get it. Now, Phoenix, you know, Arizona, it's been Glen, it's really Glendale, I, and that's really the big problem. I like going to games in, in Arizona. I love that. I think I'm going to my first here soon in two weeks. So it's it's fantastic, dude. The the what, the, the arena itself. Once you're inside, it you can tell it's old. But honestly, that they don't touch Vegas, obviously. But that's one of the best arena setups out there, in my opinion. It just it needs to be in the actual city uh, that it should be in. It should not be an hour outside. You know, it's serious. It, it'd seriously be like, and, and there's you, no public transportation. That's a; those are huge obstacles to Arizona succeeding. So, really quick, and then we'll jump out of here. We, you and I, talked about Seattle, and and the yeah. arenas being far apart. Kevin, who I told you kind of was the one who brought that up yeah. to me, he basically said, for those of you that live in Denver, for you know, people who don't, which I know that's a huge contingent. Well, I'm sorry. I was talking about ignorance the other day, and how I, I mean, how I just don't know what the city center looks like, well, and but how transportation is set up. He said it would be the equivalency, basically, if you left Sports Authority or if you left Coors Field. If you move Coors Field to Sports Authority area, and then you move Pepsi Center into DTC. Ooh. So it's, it's not, not great. that far of a drive. And you get on the highway, and it's not that bad. I but mean, it's I'm not, thinking about it in terms of, ooh, that traffic is awful. But if there's no traffic, that's like a 15-minute drive. So he sent, me, he sent me a map thing today at noon, 14 minutes. Ha! So I mean, I make that drive pretty frequently. So 14 minutes from CenturyLink Field to what will be or what is Yo, right it's, currently it's Bronco Arena. Stadium at Mile High or whatever. No, now. I'm talking about in Seattle. Oh yeah, okay. So uh, it's 14 minutes from there to what the hockey arena will be in the middle of the day, in the yeah. middle of the week. So yeah, you put that rush hour, people trying to get the game time. It is. It's going to be going from downtown Denver to the Denver Tech Center. So oh. I thought for those of you that that do live in in Colorado and, and are familiar with that. That's what the situation is going to be in Seattle. Yeah. So shout out to Kevin for for that info. Just bring Kevin on to talk about how great Seattle is. Yeah, no, he uh, he's a uh, he, he. I'll say he dabbles in the uh, sports betting market. He's dying to come on here and just give some give some picks for, for gonna, what he wants to do. We should definitely do that one of these days when we have two or three days off in a week. Yeah, and just have Kevin come on and be like, "All right, I'm a degenerate gambler." <laughs> I make way too much money. I throw it all away on gambling, but I win one huge one every so often, and it pays for my habit, so I keep doing it. Except he does it way more high energy than I just did. He just wants to come on and give hot takes. He listens to all these. Shout yeah. out to Kevin. Yeah. A very avid listener. One of our sponsors. He actually talked into being a sponsor for us. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, definitely shout out to Kevin. <laughs> Every time, every time I'm out with Kevin, if it's before an Avs game, after an Avs game, yeah, we'll be you know at a bar or something. He'll walk up to strangers. Do you like the Avs? Yeah, you should listen to the BS. Pull out your phone. I've watched him force people <laughs> to subscribe to our podcast twenty times. <laughs> no, just because you know how oh, so high energy. He's, yeah. No, pull it out. Okay, go to the podcast. Hit subscribe. Perfect. Thanks. Walks away. <laughs> <laughs> so we do we need to have kevin we to, on we need to hire kevin <laughs> oh all right aj so we're gonna jump out of here it we're was a great game tonight great, great game. game tonight great and game. a successful road trip regardless of what happens in tampa bay if they if they beat tampa bay 
like, I keep saying this, but, like, they're setting themselves up. Like, I cannot stress enough how much they are setting themselves up to have a dominant second half of the season. To have the kind of second half of the season that results in a 110-point season. Not, uh, oh, hey, like, I think AD and I picked them to have a 98-point year at the start of the year. You know, and, like, we were feeling good about it. And right now they're on about a 106, 107-point pace. I'd have to update it and do the math after tonight, but I think they're right in that range. But given so much of their successes on the road and given how good they have been at home the last, you know, year or calendar year, I, I think if they get into that groove at home again, um, they, dude, they're, they're going to have a chance to, to have a – because from January on – from, from the middle of January on, when they get back from Canada, they have a five-game Canadian road trip in January. After that, they are very, very home-heavy. Well, they have to be. They'll have played the majority of their road games. I believe, I believe 28 of their, their 41 road games will be done after that road trip. Well, there you go. We're not 100% sure what the show will look like tomorrow. We might have AD on from Tampa. We might not. Yeah, kind of we'll, it by we'll here. see. We will have a show for you regardless. It will not be a draft show. I talked to Andre today, and we, ah. we did not have time for it. Ah. We have too many shirts to mail out, dude. You guys, the shirts are too popular. <laughs> you guys are too awesome. You're, you're going too yeah. hard. Your, your support has overwhelmed us to the point where it's all hands on deck, and we are getting all those shirts out tomorrow. Well, there you go. As the Tennessee Titans literally and figuratively run away with this game. I listened to guys who get paid on the radio uh, last night talking about how this was the easiest pick of the week for Jacksonville. And what is this new group pose celebration thing every team's doing? Well, the NFL said you guys can do whatever you guys want. Go have fun. And so now every team wants to do it, man. I think it's great. Let them have fun. I wish, I wish the whole team would jump off the ice and do something after a goal. <laughs> you know, how about, how about when the Hurricanes do their, their – when they're at home? It's great. And, like, the last one they did, they lined up by jersey number in the formation of a W? Yeah. Perfect. It's the coolest thing ever. Like, I loved when the Avs started the stick raising and thanking the fans. That was awesome. Carolina has thrown down the gauntlet to 30 other teams – and said, yo, what you got? And right now, 30 other teams are going, uh, nothing, dog. Sorry. And I think that needs to change. Somebody got to get to step into the canes. They got to, they got to, somebody's got to answer the call. We got to have some more fun, man. AJ Hayfley. Apparently you disagree. I, I was the one who was saying, I hope Moj doesn't tone it down. And you were like, no man, this is hockey. We got well, to and I said no. He needed screw a, that. He needed Have to chill fun. out a little bit because if only because he had a second person on his broadcast that needs to get a word in. I'm all for more fun. And in, in, Make it and more in McNabb's fun. case, he needs to get a story in. So, and not hating. I love story time. <laughs> I have been Jesse Montano. Jesse this just wants to is, go home. I got a hockey game I got to get to. Oh right, I forgot. <laughs> So, so that I can remain qualified to talk right. about hockey. <laughs> of so course. I got to go. If you, I, miss, if you miss your, what is it, a C-League game? B-League game? B. Is it a B? Easy. You guys moved up. We did. Yeah, so that's why. Forgive me. I forgot you Does guys moved up. Does that mean I'm up. more qualified now? Dude, it means you're way more qualified. Yes. Than we, need, we need to switch jobs. Yes. I'm the host and you're the analyst. <laughs>
It's beer league. So right. Thank you guys all so much for listening.